Hi guys, welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your Thursday, September 8th episode. I'm your host, Jake Burns. I'm excited to be back, feeling better, feeling like myself post-surgery. Finally, got uh, some energy going again, which is great. You know, you got to have energy and a voice to talk on a pod. I've been sick, I've been traveling, had a quick surgery, and all of a sudden I didn't have any effort, uh, energy to effort a podcast. So I apologize about that, but we're back on our feet. We're going to be rolling. We're going to have some fun episodes Friday with John Colosimo. And then Saturday, a behind enemy lines. And then Sunday morning, a game day episode. And then obviously you'll get your typical game week stuff after that. Your Monday, you know, sort of rewind reaction show. Tuesday, comprehensive breakdown. And then we're on and rolling as the Browns head to Carolina this weekend to face the Panthers. Before we start really shifting focus to the Panthers, I wanted to do what I think is one more fun episode. Sort of capping I don't know, off-season stuff. This is kind of a weird... This We're all sort of adjusting to this new NFL schedule, which allows this bye week in between preseason, regular season. To me, it's still a weird thing. You're, you know, excited. You're ready to go get the roster cuts, get everything. You just got this weekend off. It's nice, but it's a weird time for content because we have talked about every single thing we can talk about, it feels like, leading up to the season, now leading up to the Panthers. And it's just like all of these... All of these pieces of, uh, you know, or these angles of talking about the team get covered and you really don't have much else to talk about. Although it seems like between the Browns, questions being asked about Mayfield, Mayfield questions about the Browns. Seems like there's enough stuff for everybody to talk about. And that's why I can't wait personally for week one to come and go and be on with the season because there just is so much lingering. It's like. I'm going to welcome in Jordan Zerm, who's who's going to join us and do what I think is a fun show. We have some fun things to talk about here. But like, Jordan, I think this is like if you got dumped, but you already had a vacation together and you have to kind of stick with the vacation plans. Am I right about that? How annoying this week one matchup is that we're all still talking about Baker Mayfield and the Browns and it just won't stop. Is that analogy fit or am I crazy? No, I think that's a, I think that's a good analogy. Yeah. It's like, um, having the, it's like the forgetting Sarah Marshall where he, uh, where he, they break up and then he ends up at the same resort as her, um, yeah. in Hawaii, uh, and she's dating somebody else. Uh, that's, that's what, this is the forgetting Sarah Marshall of football for, for the Browns. Um, yeah, I, I would love to not have to think about Baker Mayfield anymore. And that has only been, um, that's the word I'm looking for here. That is that has only been uh, reaffirmed by some of his pressers this week and some of the the t-shirts that he has uh, collabed on ahead of week one. I, I'm I just I don't miss it one bit. So yeah, let's let's get through week one. Let's get the vacation with the ex girlfriend out of the way and go about our lives. You know. I would like to say the same thing for Baker Mayfield being happy that he doesn't have to think about the Browns anymore, but. Here he is capitalizing on T-shirt opportunities, officially licensed, might I say, T-shirt opportunities. So, you know, it's, again, it's not Baker's fault. His team did it. Only the people close to him are petty. You know, it's not like he could have said no or anything to the to the idea that was put in front of him. But no, it's just it's not him. It's his team. It's his people. So, um, yeah, good, good, great. Uh, ready to ready to move on. And I I. I, again, say I'm not swayed by the outcome of week one. Would it be nice to go to Carolina and get a win? Of course, but I'm not going to be swayed in either direction. Even if Mayfield is terrible in week one, I still think he can 
have a season that is worthwhile to sticking around the NFL, getting opportunities to start. It doesn't change anything for me. I, I just want it to be over. I just want it to be over. So hopefully this game can come and go and the Browns can win in some fashion. That is good for Cleveland in week one because we all know one win in a week one game since the return, and that is, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. It'd be really cool to see them get a week one win. So what we're going to do today, which I think is a fun exercise, there's a couple things. First, we're going to start out with 12 takes. They can be hot takes. They can be cold takes. They can be whatever. 12 takes on the 22 season. Jordan gets six. I get six. You can get crazy detailed about your thoughts on it, or it can just be a, hey, here's what I think and leave it at that. But I think 12 takes is a good number. Six and six. I'll let you hit lead off here, Jordan. We're going to do some superlatives later. I think it's a fun little, uh, fun little deal there. Actually, before you do hit hit lead off, we're we're going to take a quick break. A quick word from our sponsors. When we get back, we're going to get into this fun exercise of the podcast. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, you are the Stephen Kwan of this exercise, my friend. You have the first take. Plate is yours. You have great contact rate here. Let's see what you got. Appreciate that. I've always wanted to be compared to Stephen Kwan. It's a lifelong dream, so appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I might, you know, I might go un-Stephen Kwan-like here and get a little spicy. Uh, You know, because when you're hitting leadoff, you know, Kwan, great eye for the strike zone, a lot of contacts, but sometimes you you wish he hit for a little power. So I'm going to hit for a little power right now. Jake, one of my takes is that I don't think Jacoby Brissett will start all, is it 11 games before Deshaun Watson comes back? Um, I'll start there. I, whether it is Josh Dobbs coming in, whether it is a, a different quarterback down the line, I have found myself feeling very ambivalent towards Jacoby Brissett, not to say that he is a a bad quarterback by any means. I think he is fine. Um, but I, Jake, I am worried a little bit about as 
as we go into this season and as maybe the injuries occur to some of the skill positions. And I just, I worry about the Browns having to throw the football and being in situations where they have to throw the football. Now, I think we saw last season with a quarterback who was struggling, what happened when they were put in, in must pass situations and it didn't go great. Um, I, I just worry a little bit about Jacoby and if this offense it gets to places where there are games where they're going to need to throw the ball around. So uh, one of my hottest takes is that I think it, it may come to a point. Hopefully it is not early in the season. Hopefully this is more towards the meat of their, their schedule. Their first four games are, are all ma- very manageable games. Um, I think this will come down the line, uh, maybe, you know, week eight, maybe week nine, we don't know, but I just, I have a feeling that there's going to be a bit of a lull and it may go on for a handful of games and there may, may be some losses stacking up and, you know, Kevin Stefanski and co may get a little, a little anxious before they get Deshaun back and they, and maybe they throw Josh Dobbs out there. I don't know, but that's, I just, I have this feeling, Jake, that there's going to be some adversity and there, there may be a just, Hey, we need to shake the offense up a little bit as we go through. So I'm, I'm hitting lead off with that take. It's a little spicy, but my take is that I, I can see Jacoby Reset not being the starting quarterback for all of the the 11 games ahead of Deshaun Watson's uh, end of his suspension. So that, there's my leadoff hit, Jake. I'll, I'll throw that one out there. Yeah, I, I have something similar, not, not necessarily a take on Dobbs playing, but I said between Jacoby and Dobbs, because like you, I'm just, you're always thinking there could be a game uh, or two that he's hurt or whatever. I think between Jacoby and Dobbs, they're going to get to five wins in the first 11. So it seems like the national narrative has flipped and like people are way down on the Browns. Like they're just come not, not the Watson thing. People were always down on the Watson thing, but they're just, they, they, they seem to think that the Browns are going to be bad. Like I'm not talking eight, and nine bad. There's a lot of like five and what is it now? Five and 12 and, and like yep. six and 11 believers. I think they're going to get to five wins. Those first four games, Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota are the first four quarterbacks you play. Then you play a Patriots team in week six, who again, to me, I don't think that's a very good football team. It's still the Patriots, I get it, but I don't think they're very good. And then you got some games there that get tough, but like I think they can get to five wins, whether Dobbs or Brissett. That's my take. It's spicy, and it builds off yours a little bit because I do think Dobbs plays in this matter, but I think they get to five wins. I no, I agree with you. I was going to say I with the, you mentioned the Patriots, and I'm with you there. Their skill positions are still pretty terrible in terms of talent that they have around Mac Jones and that offense. Um, no, I mean I think those first four games it maybe contradicts me a, a little bit. Although I again I mentioned that like I think those first four games are all very winnable. If they started four and zero, it would not shock me. Now things get much tougher. From there, as they, you know, the Chargers are going to be in there and, um, you know, the, the Buccaneers are coming. So they've got some, you know, they've got some tough games. And that's where I think, you know, they start playing some some pretty good teams. And that's where I, I get a little shaky about about Jacoby. And that's where I can see Dobbs maybe coming in there. But I would not. That was actually going to also be one of my takes is that I actually think despite later in the season, they may face some struggles. Like, I, I, I think they could start out 4-0 and, and it wouldn't shock me. And you're right. Like, I think there is a 
people are have gone completely the opposite way and are almost too down on the Browns. And so I'm right there with you. Like, I mean, God bless Joe Flacco still going, but like, yeah, those, those first three, especially Jake, I mean, I, I have no idea what to expect from the Panthers. I have, I have no idea what that offense is going to look like with Baker who got a late start. So like I, my expectations for week one are just like, I are all over the place. I truly have no idea what to expect. But yeah, man, you get the you get a Jets team week two, and like that's a you know that's a game regardless of who the Browns are trotting out a quarterback there. I think they should win. So I I would not be shocked by a four and zero start, despite my feeling that a little bit down the line they may need to you know mix things up at the QB position. So I I like that one. Yeah. So so if they if they win those first four again, very feasible. They they can get to six in my opinion. Can they steal one of the other ones? But if they only go three and one. Getting two more is, is a is a tall task between, yep. you know, can you sneak that New England game, sneak the game in Miami, because going to Buffalo hosting the Bucks, unless the Bucks just implode, which is not again, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but the, 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 it's hard to see them not being really good. So you got it. The first four are going to tell us where this season is going because if they go two and two in those first four. It's it's just going to be hard to get to five wins. And for me, five wins is the minimum threshold number you have to hit to have any fighting chance when Deshaun Watson comes back week 11. My next one, I think you've done two now, right? So yes, Yeah, because yours kind of tied into mine. Yep, perfect. So I'm really doing like player stuff now. I think Jordan Elliott gets over five sacks. So I think he's over, let me put it this way, he's over four and a half. So I think okay. he has a nice season and he contributes to the pass rush. He establishes himself. This is me coming full circle on a player that I did not like at first, but his preseason, very encouraging. I think I'm going to call him leading the defensive tackle group with an over four and a half sack number, and he has a pretty good season. A little bit of a spicy take because he has not produced anywhere near that, but I think he'll get a full-on opportunity to do so. So I'm going with him over over four and a half sacks. You're up next. Love that. I love that. I, I've said before, you know, when you when your first name is Jordan and you're a Mizzou graduate, like good things have to come. And it's, you know, it's time for Jordan Elliott to hold up his end of the bargain. I've been doing my part, you know, and so it's, uh, you know, it's his time. So, man, that would be uh, production from that defensive tackle spot from him would be would be awesome. Um, I, I will do a player one as well, a positive player one. Um, I think I think David Njoku is. I'm I'm very bullish on his year. I think he's going to have between 800 and 900 receiving yards. I think that he is going to finally sort of, I think the highest he's ever had, and I don't have the exact number, but I don't think he's gotten over 700 yards receiving in a season. I think he's gotten around 650. I, I think that's right. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong there, but I believe that that's mm-hmm. the, the highest he's ever had. So I I think there's a lot of factors here, but one, obviously Austin Hooper gone and, and, you know, they're still going to run multiple tight end sets and Harrison Bryant is still there. But I think Njoku is finally the the clear number one option at, at tight end. Uh, so there's that. I think, two, just the way the offense is going to operate. I mean, it's always been a, a tight end um, favorable offensive scheme from Stefanski. But I, but I think especially with Jacoby in there and them, you know, probably having some – a safety valve is going to be a big part of this offense, um, especially when, when they need to throw the ball. And I think David Njoku is going to be that guy for Jacoby Brissett and even for Deshaun when Deshaun comes back. But I think really for, for Jacoby, uh, David is, is going to provide 
um, a lot of targets for Jacoby. And with a lot of targets will hopefully come more consistent catching and, and just more yards. And, you know, David's a guy that's shown he can, you know, get some big yards after the catch. We saw a couple times last season, you know, specifically you think about that Chargers game, that touchdown that he caught where he broke a tackle and, and sped on into the end zone. Like he's a guy that has the athletic ability to shake tacklers and to pick up some yak yard. And so I'm, I'm really bullish on Njoku's season. I think it's given him some comfort that they, you know, they let Austin Hooper move on. And uh, I think he's, you know, obviously with a lot of the trade requests that he's sort of been on and off with, I think he was frustrated about his sort of standing on the roster. And I think this is, you know, this is the season for him to go and ball out. So I, I can see, you know, his targets going up and then I can see the yardage hopefully going up right along with that. So I'm I'm very bullish on Njoku's season. And I think he can, you know, we start getting up into the 700, 800, you know, yard category. And I think that's a huge win for, for both the Browns and the offense. And, and I feel like it's really obtainable. Yeah, I, I had put actually my next one was Njoku over 850 and seven touchdowns. So Love it. we are we are in line on our third prop there my, my my fourth one now is a bit of a negative but it doesn't have to be a negative I think Nick Chubb's under 1150 yards so he is not everybody thinks it's time for him to have this this 300 carry and me too like I would be into it but I, I think that they're going to continue to use their running back depth they know they have one more year of Kareem so they're going to use Kareem a lot I think they're going to use Dearness a lot too because they know they have one year of him no trades came down for either of them so I think you're going to see a rotation. I think Nick will create 1,100 and some yards under 1,150. He'll create those because he just maximizes every opportunity he gets. But I don't think they're going to push him to the 300 carry threshold, which means he's probably under 1,150. Uh, you know, Kareem pushes to 650. Can you get 400 out of Dearness? Something like that. I think they're going to really push this. And that means Nick could get injured too. And I'm kind of accounting for that, that some dinged up injury happens. But yeah, I think under... And I think anytime you're doing season long player props, like the under is always the better way to go just because so often unders hit more than overs. So I'm going to say Nick is uh, my next two are kind of negative, but I think Nick is under 1150 yards for the season. Okay. Um, I mean, I I definitely agree with you that, you know, I think they're just always going to want to keep their running backs fresh, especially with the depth they have at the running back position. So I can, I 100% align with you there. I'll my next one. I'll, I'll tie it into that. Um, you know, trades are trades in the NFL are weird. They don't happen a ton, especially in season. Um, obviously, we went through the preseason, and there was, you know, the Kareem Hunt situation where he <laughs> demanded a trade for about a day, and then went back to practice. And you know, there were rumors flying about the Eagles being interested in him um, ahead of their preseason game. Uh, I will. I, this isn't too spicy of a take, but I. I will say that it is very feasible to me to see Kareem Hunt being moved, even though it's in season. And even though, you know, teams know that the Browns kind of only have one more year of control of them. I, I think just because of the nature of injuries on teams and sort of what Kareem can bring, not only as a running back, but also as a receiving back, um, which he's phenomenal at. I also am just was so, so impressed, Jake, by what I saw from Jerome Ford in the preseason. And I don't know how many carries he's going to get. I don't know what kind of opportunities they're going to give them, especially early on, and especially with Ernest still being there. But, man, it's hard not to see what he did, like, irregardless of if it was against second stringers, third stringers, what have you. Like, his vision and I think his acceleration just, just leap out at you, and it would be – I guess somewhat malpractice not to not to give him opportunities on the field. And I, I can see a lot of these things between Chubb, between 
Jerome Ford kind of stepping up and, and looking like a guy that's really going to be able to contribute in a really positive way. And, you know, if something happens to a team and they, they're dealing with injuries to the running back position or they just want to add a dynamic guy and, and Kareem Hunt, like before, you know, they it's an open bidding war in free agency. I I can just see the flip side of that too is Kareem getting frustrated again. And maybe Darrenis is getting more carries than, you know, Kareem thought he would. And, and he's being kind of relegated to a spot where he wants to be featured more. And these, that trade demand bubbles up again. So I, I can certainly see factors kind of coming together where a trade is demanded or a, or a team gets desperate and is reaching out because of the, the surplus of running backs the Browns have. And just because of what I saw from Jerome Ford, who I think deserves, you know, touches in this offense. So uh, I will go with bouncing off your running back thing. I will go with seeing Kareem Hunt being traded um, at some point during the season would, would not like shock me. I still think it's probably unlikely, but it wouldn't blow my mind. Got it. I like it could definitely happen, especially if the season doesn't start the way they anticipated. Um, I put uh, the next one's uh, a positive. Then I close with a negative. So next one, I put David Bell is above 500 yards in his rookie year, which would be a fantastic rookie season. It's not a crazy threshold to top, but for a rookie in the NFL with uncertain quarterback play to start his first 11 games, I think he gets over four, over 500 yards for his rookie year, probably settles in like the 630, 640 range. Um, but I wanted to, uh, I don't know exactly what major outlets have as an over under on Bell's receiving yards number for the year, but I feel like over 500 is a pretty solid lock at this point. So I'm going to take bell for over 500 yards this year and i think he gets pretty comfortably past that number yeah i uh so that aligns mine was very similar mine was essentially that david bell kind of becomes a very reliable almost second wide receiver on this team i think Mm -hmm. like we're still sort of waiting for consistency and what you know donovan peoples jones is as a wide receiver um and i think david bell you know you put him in the slot put him wherever like i think he's just smart guy that's going to catch a lot of balls. So I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, mine was more that he was just going to, you know, him and Amari Cooper are going to be the guys. Um, uh, but that sort of lends itself to that. So love that. Love David Bell. Really excited about like what he, he brings to a receiving core that is going to need him. So um, I will go uh, to the defense overall. And this one will be a little spicy, but I like it because I think it's time. And I think they have the talent. I think they're, I think the Browns are going to have a top five defense in the NFL. And I, okay, I say this, no, they need it. And I say this knowing that obviously there is still the glaring weakness at, at defensive tackle in the interior. And, you know, we just talked about Jordan Elliott and him playing well would go a long way to, to shoring that up. But I, I still feel that despite them struggling in the interior, it, you just don't have to be elite against the run anymore just because of what the NFL is. And I look at Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney I look at JOK, who is, I think, just going to be a beast in his second season. We already saw some flashes of it in the preseason, like what he's going to be able to bring. He's an impact linebacker that the Browns haven't had for as, as long as I can remember. And then you just look at the secondary. I think it's reasonable to expect a bounce back year from John Johnson. Um, you and I talked a lot um, on podcast last season about his struggles. Like, I just think it's there has to be some, you know, regression to the mean in a positive way like he's I think he's gonna go flip back to the other side and at least be an impact an impact playmaker I think another year under his belt for Grant Delpit um, and then you just look at their corners and, and you look at Newsom and Ward and you look at Martin Emerson who 
you know, flashed in the preseason and is, has some is big and physical. So he's, you know, a little bit different than, than Ward and Newsom in that sense. And even though, you know, Greedy Williams has struggled and maybe he's not going to be a guy that's in the rotation, you just look at like an A.J. Green, you just look at some other guys, they just have depth there and they have the ability to have this defense where guys are moving all over the place and you've got three safeties and all this. And I just think like they're poised, health, hopefully staying healthy, but I just think they're ready to sort of take off, especially in that secondary and shut guys down and let Miles and Devion do their thing. Uh, and get to the quarterback. So I, I think like the talent is there um, for this year for them. And now it's like their second year, a lot, some of these guys in the system with, with Joe Woods and getting used to it. Like, it's just, it's time for them to kind of coalesce as a group and really just ball out. And they're going to, like you said, like they're with what the offense may or may not look like, it's going to rest on the defense and they have the talent to do it. So um, I'm, I'm all in on this Browns defense and I think they'll, they'll, They'll chart out as a top five unit this season. So that's my that's my hottest defensive take that I got. I like it. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I didn't really focus all too much on the defense, which talks to you about how much I focus on offense in general. Um, <laughs> my my last one is Deshaun Watson under 12 total touchdowns upon his return. Plays six games. I think people are expecting a lot out of him in six games, yep. which I get it. A lot of money, a lot of drama, a lot of everything. I think that he'll be under 12 between rushing and throwing. Uh, and again, my, my, my reason stands. He has not played in a long time. He has not played in a while. He's going to be away from the facility from any activity for a couple months here before he comes back. I don't know what the exact date. It could not, it might not be a full two months, but He's going to be gone for a while. So, again, my expectations are low for him on return this season. So I'm saying under two touchdowns per game. He could blow this number out of the water. I just have a take that I think he's going to be under. You know, So if the number here would be 12 and a half, I think he's going to be under in his six games of return football. This doesn't mean they can't win a lot of those games because you can win ugly games. And if the defense is as good as you and I think, as you just said, they can still win games, but I think he's going to be under 12. So that's my final take. What's yours? Um, I think I actually hit my six because my, my David Did Bell you? was uh, matched up with you. But um, I'll just comment on the, the, the Deshaun thing and just piggyback off that because I think it's a really salient point. Like, he has not played legitimate. Like, I'm not even going to count that preseason performance as legitimate football. Like, he, he just has not been in an actual regular season game situation it's going to be like a year and a half like almost two years like it's it's a really long time and I think you saw in that preseason game just how you know he's I very much agree with you like I think people are expecting the minute you know snap one under center he's gonna look like what Deshaun Watson looked like two years ago in Houston and it's just like there I I cannot imagine that that is going to be the case and and you saw that a little bit in those series he had in that first preseason game like it is going to take time um for him to just shake the rust off you know I think you saw his his first or second pass I think it was supposed to be to Anthony Schwartz was just like not accurate at all you know it was like way off and it's just going to take time for the rhythm and leading receivers and all that stuff to come back I have no doubt that it will come back but I it's just going to take time so I'm with you. I think it's going to be a it can be a it's going to be a roller coaster of games when he comes back because you're going to be throwing them in He'll be fresh, which is good, but you're going to be throwing him into, you know, defenses that are that have been playing for 
three-fourths of the season already. Defenses that are ready to go, that have their rhythm, that are figuring out what they do well, you know. So, like, they're going to be full speed ahead, and Deshaun's going to be kind of just getting his feet wet. So, um, I think that's a really good take slash point by you is that expectations are going to be high, and I think it's going it's, it's absolutely going to take – some time. I mean, you know, I'm like, yeah, give them three, four games. And then what you have two, three games left in the entire season after that. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot for him to be in, in terms of just his, his play and, and getting a rhythm. So I think that's a, that's a good, a good point to close with on our, our 12 takes there. Yeah. It's a snake pit thing, man. He's going to be thrown into it. We'll yep. see. He gets some time. He gets some weeks where he's back. They, they let him come. He's not gone for all 11 weeks. He'll, he'll get a chance to, be ready but again there's nothing like live game action and he's going to go into high expectations and he returns in houston where he'll be the villain it'll be ugly so it's it's gonna be a that first game is gonna be a circus even if it wasn't against houston it was gonna be a circus just because his name will be back in the headlines and stuff but Mm -hmm. man yeah what a uh what a game to come back to so that's gonna be a whole thing in itself yeah, and it was ugly even in Jacksonville for a preseason yep. first preseason game from yeah, the crowd. Yeah, they're going to be ready. We'll, we'll see how he handles it. We never know how a guy's going to handle being the villain, uh, especially guys who are beloved, right? So you got to see how he handles it. So okay, we are going to do some superlatives. We'll take a quick break. Word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All righty, categories for this, pretty simple. And I think Jordan and I have done these year to year, but the categories might not be perfect. I, 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 I'm not great at documenting some of these things, but here's our categories for this year. You get a breakout player. You get an underrated and overrated. You get a uh, highest impact rookie. And then you get a pivotal or wild card player who's going to change things if they're either good or bad, right? So we can look at it that way. So I'll lead off. You let off the last segment. I'll lead off this one. Breakout player to me is, is we might have the same guy. It was Jeremiah Wusukoromo. I mean, like he is to me, primed to leap into the top. He is as good as any linebacker in the NFL. And I, I'm not trying to say that to hype him up. I'm not trying to say that to, you know, be hyperbolic in any sense. I think he'll be in, a, in the conversation among top five, if he's healthy, top five linebackers in the NFL after the season, because I think he's that dynamic. He's that fast. He's that instinctive. He feels comfortable in this defense. So to me, he's my breakout guy. Who's yours? Love that pick, um, I, and I'm with you there. I will, uh, I will actually stay with a guy I mentioned in our first segment, but I'll, I'll keep it going with with David and Joku because I just think, you know, maybe breakout isn't exactly the right term, but it just it's never felt like Dick. He's had a consistent full season where he's just bald, um, and I think this is I think this is a season that he's primed to do it in similar ways to to Jay. Okay, so I uh, I'm I'm going to go with David and Joku, who I think is primed to have a really just play a really big part in an offense that needs him to play a big part. So I'm going to, I'm going to continue with Njoku there as my breakout guy. I like it overrated. I'm going to go John Johnson. Uh, I think not because some people are extremely hard on John. I, I thought he, he turned it around and had a really nice second half of last season, 
but league wide, he's respected a ton. And I don't think he's quite, he's not quite the player Cleveland needs him to be put it that way. He's going to be playing deep portions of the field again. I don't think that's his speciality. And again, Cleveland is sort of forced to do that here. Um, I don't know if force is the right way to say it, but they've chosen to go that route, and I don't think he is at his absolute best as a player used in that way. And I think league-wide he's got a lot of respect, and I think this is not calling John Johnson a bad football player. I just think he's a little overhyped across the league, so he's my overrated player. Uh, but again, that doesn't mean he can't have a good season, so this is not negativity, Bill, but he's a little hyped more than he should be in my opinion. Um, yep. He was going to be mine as well, but I will, I'll pivot because I think you, you summed that up nicely. I'll pivot and go to this. This probably isn't fair, but I'm going to say Donovan Peoples Jones because I was pretty high on him. Um, it just felt like his trajectory, like last season, I was just waiting for more. Now, some of that is absolutely on the quarterback play. Um, but he's just been a guy that's kind of gone in and out. And I think, you know, there was a, like his rookie year, you, you felt like, oh, they, like Andrew Barry and co, they hit on this guy. Like he's going to be a, a, a big part of this offense. He's going to be a consistent big bodied receiver. Like it was, it was felt excited about where he, his sort of career has gone. And now it, I don't know, Jake, there's just something that's like, it just feel like you and I are talking about David Bell, you know, as this guy who's going to come in and just make a way bigger impact. Like, I just don't know really what to make of Donovan. And I feel like by this point, there should just be more, like you should be like, Oh man, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones on either side. Like that feels really good. And it just doesn't feel like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he becomes the breakout guy this year. Maybe he has a really big year and I would be thrilled for that because I, there's talent there. There's very obvious talent, but the consistency and, you know, this is obviously you know, what his, the knock was coming out of Michigan. He was this very highly rated recruit that just never really, you know, lived up to that by a lot of that, no fault of his own because of the offense that they were running there. But at the same time, it's like, okay, is there a bit of a pattern here where like there's this ceiling and this potential that you see for him and it's just not obtainable. So I, I don't know what to make of him. And I think that's the biggest reason why, you know, after he's been on this team for a handful of years already, you just would, would like to see a little bit more. So I'll pivot. Um, and I'll, I'll go with DPJ, who, I, who I'm hoping will prove me very wrong uh, in using him for this category. Love it. I think that's fair. I think he could still be un, like overrated, but end up being a good player. I don't. I don't think that's. Um, I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility. It's a pivotal year for him because we've seen it flashes, is. and he has the opportunity here to put together more. Um, I would like to see him get some more slot snaps, but that's a different discussion. Um, Okay, so we did overrated, now underrated. I mean, I'm not going to use Deshaun Watson because I don't think that's fair. I think he's still underrated. I think people have hated his actions, and I get it, 100% get it. But the quarterback, when he's right, when he's moving in the best direction possible, is still underrated. Like, poor. So it's amazing how... Um, nationally underrated he is but but anyway i'm not going to answer that because this shortened season and all of that and i already gave you my expectations for this year so maybe he's next year but i would say my underrated guys jedrick wills i I think people are really down on jedrick i think he is um he's good he's primed for a really good season i think he's athletic as as heck uh, at the tackle position really really great footwork really great 
hand replacement, initial placement replacement. I think he's technically sound. Hurt last year, hindered a lot of his, you know, you know how I feel about pro football focus grades. Uh, I thought his grades were down because of the lack of mobility and an important ankle for stability as an offensive tackle, but he, he gutted out some games he shouldn't have, impacted that. I think he's ready to have a really nice season. If he can close, be that finisher every snap that I'm sure Callahan's tired of preaching, if he can start to put that stuff together, I think he's a really special player. So he's somehow still, to me, underrated. I like Jed a lot. I think he's going to have a good year. So who's yours? Love the Jed pick. Big Jed fan and agree with you. It's crazy to me that people sort of just throw out the, like, forget about the injury and how much that <laughs> affected his whole ability to move. Um, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper, Jake, because... It's fair. That's my I other think one. Yeah. People, t- people talk about Amari Cooper in ways that I... Sometimes I think it's like a little disrespectful uh, for the kind of player he is and, and what he was on the Cowboys. I think like when they drafted C.D. Lamb, that sort of really overshadowed kind of how good he had been and what he was for them. Um, he is, you know, a top five, top three route runner in the NFL. Like just a absolutely, you know, like just commits violence with the routes. Like, yeah, and we saw it in a in the joint practice against the Eagles. Um, I think it was a Darius Lay that he, that he shook, like just made a move where you're like, that's the dude that you're getting. Now I understand there have been, you know, some inconsistencies throughout his career. Um, but I think like, as far as a receiver goes, you know, things did not work out with Odell, um, obviously in any way, but like, this is as good as a receiver outside of Odell, you know, and maybe you could say that he's better than Odell just as a more consistent kind of player and guy that, you know, hangs onto the ball. So I think Amari Cooper is almost being like forgotten a little bit. One, because he's because of the trade and two, just because Deshaun's not going to be out there throwing to him for a little while. Um, And we didn't see him in preseason. So it's just like really quiet around Amari Cooper right now. And I think like he's going to be on the field and he's going to show you like he is still very much a number one wide receiver. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. Um, So I think, yeah, I think people are just have forgotten the type of receiver that Amari Cooper is. Um, and I, I think hopefully they will be reminded of just what a talent he is on the outside. That's a great pick. Love that one. So that is our underrated category. Impact rookie. I'm taking, I've peeked across the computer screen. I know what you wrote down, Cade York. We're not doing Cade York. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Okay. You know, I know you named your fantasy team after him. He's the obvious Listen, pick here. Go ahead. Um, I mean, it's Cade York. It is I think York. it is Kate York. It's so hard to, I mean, listen, I, I mentioned Jerome Ford. I'm, I'm hyped for Jerome Ford, but he's not going to be a guy that's, you know, getting 25, 30 carries a game. So he, you know, who knows? We don't know how much he'll be out there, how much he's going to contribute early on. Um, so he's an honorable mention, but yeah, man, I mean, it, to have hopefully uh, the first kicker since Phil Dawson, who you don't have to worry about and who you don't have to, fret and who you don't have to bring in other guys midseason to compete with because they're not getting it done just that alone jake is a huge win and it seems like he's the guy the other thing is just the entertainment factor like i i almost got annoyed by it in the preseason because instead of like going for it on some fourth downs and trying to run some fourth down stuff and practicing that they're just like hey why don't we why don't we trot out Kate york and see if he can make a 61 yarder and it's like i don't you know Listen, I don't know if they need to be doing those things and if they almost have too much confidence in him. Um, But there is a high entertainment factor here 
that I love. And, you know, when they're down three or they need a field goal to win and they're within, you know, 60 yards, like there's a very real opportunity that they're for him and that they're really a very real chance that they're just going to be like, all right, we're trying to Kate out. Let's go win it. Like there's going to be those games. And um, that there's a lot of drama in that. And that's going to be a lot of fun. The dude obviously has an incredible leg. He is as advertised um, coming out of LSU as what he was and, and sort of the power he possesses in that right leg. So I think just in terms of like, one, he's going to be out there every game he's their starting kicker. And then two, just the opportunities that it, that it allows the Browns to have, especially when they're within three points, where they can kick it from, um, I think is going to make a huge difference. Because, Jake, as we do know last season, they really their fourth down struggles were well documented. Not to say that that should change the, the, the thinking of Kevin Stefanski. I'm, I'm always pro going forward on fourth downs in, in most situations in short yardage like that. So I hope it doesn't change the thinking too much. But it is nice to have a guy – who can legitimately make kicks from 50 plus and, and that becomes part of your, your decision-making. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I had to draft him in fantasy, Jake. I just waited. I was like, I'm going to take him before somebody else does. Like I had to do it. So yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. You, you overpicked the kicker kind of like the Browns, but again, <laughs> absolutely, if it's absolutely solved, I did. If it solves the situation that has been a like thorn in your side forever about this yep. kicking problem, Okay, then make the pick if that's your guy. So far, it looks like he's the guy. I will say it does wonders for the confidence of your offense and late game situations when you just know, like, we only got to get to the 40. If we get to the 40 or even the 45, this guy can make it. And that changes everything about how you approach it, how your, your confidence in the situation is. So if he's the guy, if he's who we think he is, if he can imitate some of McPherson's rookie year from up in or down in Cincinnati. Like that's all you can ask for. The talent is there. I've been asking for them to find a talented kicker and figure everything else out. They have a talented kicker. So you could have made cases, I think for both David Bell and, you know, case, obviously I think you could make for Alex, Wright As he was the most impactful edge player in the preseason that doesn't start. So, uh, but yeah, Cade York is the obvious selection there, partly because the Browns didn't have first, second round pick. And those guys expectations are a little different. So, Anyway, last one is the most pivotal or wild card player. I'll let you go first on this one. Go ahead. All right. I was thinking about this one a lot. And I'm going to stick on the offensive side because I just think with the question mark that the receiving core is kind of outside of of Amari Cooper. And and even though you and I feel like David Bell is going to make an impact, it's still having Anthony Schwartz be anything would be a huge bonus for them. and we are at the point right now where after that performance in the preseason, you you don't feel great <laughs> about um, his career kind of moving forward. Um, but man, I just think about I just think about that first game last year, Jake, and and the impact he made immediately against the Chiefs. Like like he and Baker had an instant sort of connection in that first game, and he you know had had a couple of huge catches. And you're just like, why can't he do that? Doesn't need it doesn't even need to be every game, but why can't he be the guy that is gonna you know, Jacoby's got a big arm. Like he's just he's always been a guy that's had a fairly big arm. Why can't Anthony Schwartz be a guy that is making some high impact catches, some twenty plus yard catches once or twice a game? Like he's gotta be he's gotta be able to be that guy for him to have any value. And if he outside of, you know, he's still got the speed. 
I know they ran a couple sort of reverses to him in the preseason too. Like I still think you should be able to use him in that capacity, but man, what a lift for the offense it would be if he can take the top off of defense in any way. Now I, I don't have a ton of faith that that's going to be, that's going to happen. I think when you have drops and it starts getting talked about, that's the type of thing that gets into your head. And I, I worry about him the first, the first drop he has in a regular season game. And if that can, spiral on him I, I I'm very nervous about that and so we may you know Anthony Schwartz may be a blip but man getting you know a handful of catches of him per game and letting him do some stuff over the top I mean that's what he's here for so my, my wild card is Anthony Schwartz I think if he could make any sort of impact in that way it would really it would go a really long way to just opening stuff up underneath which is where the Browns offense really does thrive um, but if you just have that threat where they actually have to respect Schwartz going downfield and they have to sort of play that way to his side and, and have a safety back like that would just make all all the difference in the world so he's my wild card because he just he has a role to play and if he can't play it it really sort of is going to limit the the quote-unquote explosive plays I think the Browns can make in the passing game yeah if I was going on offense as far as most pivotal wild card player for me it would have been DPJ but you've already kind of discussed him yep I think yep. you made a good case there for Schwartz. If I'm shifting defense, which is the other guy I had written down, it's Grant Delpit. Because if Delpit can do a myriad of different things, slot, box, strong, all of those, and even play post safety every now and again, if he can do all of those things, it opens up Greg Newsom to play back outside more often in big nickel. It creates more advantageous situations in your dime packages where you can get creative and blitz him. It It just... He can play so aggressively downhill in fun personnel packages, but also be a deep guy in coverage or man up a tight end. That's what makes him pivotal. If he can do that and kind of break out in that role, because again, I always go back to this. It's such a big third year for Jed, who I mentioned earlier in in, in Grant here, because they're constantly going to be compared to the two guys who went immediately after them. Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield, who are phenomenal football players to Tampa Bay. Can those two become the two talented players that we know they can be if Grant unlocks himself at all these different positions, which we got a slight taste of that last year? If he can take a step forward, you know, I, I didn't, it was a little unfortunate to see him get banged up there in that third preseason game, but he seems like he's okay. If he can take that step forward, it'll be so huge for the versatility of this defense and allowing them to have so much speed and physicality on the football field at the same time and match up with a variety of different position or sorry, personnel groupings, which to me is wildly important to be able to stay in, you know, a five DB look because you think Delpit can do things as a sort of outside linebacker type and overhang defender. That sort of stuff allows you to play faster, play with less thinking, play with less subbing. That's so important. So I think he is the wild card for the defense because if he is who we think he is, he has Pro Bowl talent, and if they can find that for him now, two years removed from the Achilles, that'll be huge. So those are it. Those are our superlatives. This was a really fun exercise, man. I Hopefully, uh, you guys listening, you enjoyed it. You can always feel free in the comments or whatever. Hit us up. Let us know if you disagree or, or if we missed one that you think is pretty obvious. Always willing to hear those out. Jordan, man, I hope you had fun, too. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, man. Um, that was a blast. Appreciate you having me, as always. and. Uh got a game on sunday jake it's here it's uh it's, here, it's wild but it but it is here the season begins so let's get after it 
yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to be live on playback for a little while tonight and uh, do a little Browns Q&A session during the Rams-Bills uh, NFL kickoff game. So check out the channel, the OBR, playback.theobr.com. Hang out, watch the game. The game will be live up there. All you have to do is put in your TV provider. You unlock the game. You unlock the chat. You unlock the ability to come up on stage and ask questions. Like I said, going to do that for about a half hour. Going to do that for all the big games this year. So Monday night football, Sunday night football, and Thursday night football. And then also going to be obviously live through the entirety of the Browns game too, whenever that is. Sometimes those will overlap. But that's uh, that's what we're going to do. So make sure, I think there's about 400 of you, uh, you subscribed to that uh, channel there. So get in there, get it going, hang out, watch football, have a good time. And yeah, we'll do that tomorrow night. At some point, I would imagine, I don't even know what time kickoff is. I'll make sure to post it on Twitter and all that stuff. So check it out. Huge shout out to Jordan for stopping by, hanging out. He's always great. Always a fun uh, perspective, I think, on everything Brown. So he was the one I most wanted to do this show with. So appreciate him stopping by. And I appreciate you guys having patience this week and uh, a lot of uh, well wishes and stuff like that. And I appreciate that stuff as well. So uh, as always, guys, thanks again for stopping by, supporting the OBR website, Twitch, and this podcast. Thanks so much. I'll catch you on playback tonight. Keep your eye out for what time that starts. Join us, hang out, watch the game. NFL's back, baby. We are finally hitting the ground running. Get those fantasy lineups set. Have a great Thursday, guys, and go Browns.